0: We all know that one moment when you realize your boyfriend is too stupid to live with free will. Clap it up if you've erased his mind and replaced him with a personality that's more pliable to your goals. What's that? On your screen. Some kind of program about a Westworld on TV. Well, it doesn't sound like anything to me.
1: I'm Red Scott. And I'm Ivan Hernandez. And this doesn't sound like anything to me.
0: Once again, the third best Westworld podcast, even if we aren't entirely accurate when it comes to our Japanese historical references. Yamamoto Musashi was a real guy. I just thought that he wasn't because I don't believe that anyone born in the 1600s is an actual person. Galileo?
1: Uh, You kidding me? (laughs) As Americans are refused to believe in anybody who existed before 1776.
0: Paul- <laughs> that's my cutoff. 1776, everything before that might as well be fucking fantasy. Might as well be fairy tales of King Arthur and his uh, uh, round table.
1: Paul Revere, I've got some questions. <laughs>
0: uh, listen, I all I know about Paul Revere, great Beastie Boys
1: song. Great Beastie Boys song. That's the one thing that's real. <laughs> This is season 2 episode 6 of Westworld, Phase Space, written by Carly Ray, not Jepson. Uh, she co-wrote 202 with Jonathan Nolan. This is her first episode of Westworld where she's credited, and I'm going to break it right now. This is a banger, and I hope she writes the rest this, of the series. Get rid of these I, Nolans, Carly Ray all I the way. I love
0: cyberspace, baby. Yes. I'm all about jacking into the dark web. Finally,
1: we got into the Matrix. Finally, <laughs> finally we got the true matrix spiritual sequel we've all been longing for finally we proved what elon musk has said all along that it's all a simulation <laughs> but we need tunnels
0: we need tunnels guys just tunnels what are we going to do with these tunnels i don't, know. But I don't- we need tunnels
1: yeah, I'm podcasting today. I want you to know the extents to which I'm go- going. I'm podcasting uh, on a very small and fragile kit from my sister's bedroom in upstate New York. Uh, all thanks <laughs> to the Patreons. Otherwise, I would not subject myself to this subpar equipment that I myself have bought. Uh,
0: but by the way, Red is also podcasting from a 0.2
1: blood alcohol limit. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even near a drunk safari level. <laughs> uh, by the way. Did you see Solo?
0: Because I get the feeling we are not going to care about it enough to want to do an actual episode about it.
1: I—that's uh, wrong. I enjoyed Solo a lot. Uh, I don't know why everybody's shitting on it. What a Solo? great time!
0: Yeah. Oh, because it was a fucking
1: heist movie. Finally, a heist movie where 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 we have space poker and Donald Glover and This Is America, baby. It was a great time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was such a fucking half of a good movie somewhere. I, wa- I w- Somewhere they have half of a good movie in that movie. And I still don't know if Alden Ehrenreich can act. I watched that entire movie and I don't know if Alden Ehrenreich is capable of acting.
1: Uh, I will say that I enjoyed my first viewing much, much, much more than The Last Jedi. Uh, uh, on, on par with Rogue One, but my first viewing was at a drive-in theater. Uh, mm-hmm. sitting in a lawn chair. So if you've seen a drive-in theater, you know the sound isn't great. The video's a little fuzzy. Uh, so th- there was a lot that could have been better about it. I won't really know how I feel until I see it a second time through. I had a great time. It was a delight. <laughs> this is what happens when people don't have to spend upwards. uh
0: This is what happens when I have movie pass and Red is financially comfortable. Neither <laughs> of us care enough
1: about these films. I'm gonna go back and watch it. But before we can get into this episode, we need to know. What happened previously on Westworld?
0: Ah, the beautiful tinkling strings of cultural appropriation. Hi, Dad. Or should I say, hi, William? Uh, That was last season. We already got past that twist. Damn it! (laughs) Did you know that swords can be used on both men and women? Truly egalitarian. (laughs) Okay, so here's my new theme park. Tandy Newton condescends to me. In Japanese, while holding a katana. Costs upwards of $300,000 per visit. I'm in. I'm pretty sure that this is the only way you could ever pick up Tessa Thompson with a dune buggy. (laughs) And finally, ladies, ladies, we all know that one moment when you realize your boyfriend is too stupid to live with free will. Clap it up if you've erased his mind and replaced him with a personality that's
1: more pliable to your goals.
0: (laughs) And that was previously on Westworld.
1: Did you notice that the previously on music was very strange?
0: I I believe it was supposed to be slightly Japanese influenced.
1: Uh, oh, is that what they were going
0: for? I, I I think I honestly I can't tell because because these guys are these guys are either doing a terrible job of appropriating things well or doing a great job of badly appropriating things.
1: I so here's something that I struggle with all the time with this show. It is. It seems very clear to me that Lee Sizemore is supposed to be a A video games writer. And so all the storylines in Westworld, in Rajworld, in uh, Shogun World are supposed to be very first pass. They're supposed to be appropriative. Uh, they're supposed to be a shell of what those cultures actual are. They're supposed to showcase uh, uh, some of the worst tendencies of video game writers that have existed for decades. But at the same time, it's executed at such a high and loving fidelity That it doesn't let the audience in on that sort of, uh, like, slapstick aspect enough. And so it just, like, when people complain about it, like, I totally get it. But I I don't, like, I I don't know. I don't know what to think about it. I'm I'm still, like, trying to figure out where I stand. I would just like to
0: say that I agree, but for the listeners, uh, Red is currently in an inclined position so that his uh, entire body is looming over me, and with his hand movements, I really feel like I'm being mansplained too aggressively right now. <laughs> so even if I didn't actually agree with this, I'd have to agree because he's pressured me so much with his body language.
1: Listen, I've got some opinions, and you're going to agree to them.
0: It's the hand movements happening directly against the camera that really sells it. Uh, Yeah, this is this is a bad video game writer writing a bad video game that is actually a uh, multi-hundred million dollar television production. And and I feel like if you're somebody. Who expects the writing in their shows to, uh, be uniformly, uh, excellent and not ironically bad? Uh, you're gonna have problems with this.
1: And, and it's one of those things where I feel like normally I would just say, like, well, they're, they're clearly, like, enough people are, are sort of offended by the tack that they're taking that it's, it, you know, it's clearly not successful in what they're trying to do, but it's, it is also one of my favorite things that they do in Westworld. Like, I laugh so hard at, at the the surface-level aspect of all of it, which is very easy for me as a privileged straight white man uh, whose culture is not being mocked. Except for video <laughs> game culture, which is and openly being mocked. mocked. <laughs> yeah.
0: But by, by the way, this is not a good episode for gingers.
1: No, this, but it was a great uh, not- episode for... Uh, men with thinning hair with bad vision who want to be uploaded into the matrix. It's really an excellent episode for us. (laughs) That singularity is going to hit one day, buddy. And you're going to be able to upload your soul into San Junipero. Uh, And also there were two scenes that happened in this episode that I was like, why are we dealing with the rest of these people? All I want to know is what happened in this opening scene with Bernard and Dolores. I, I,
0: that was crazy because at first, uh, so I figure we're getting into it, right? Uh, let's get into it. Uh, yeah, uh, so it opens with, uh, one of those classic, uh, Bernard Dolores, uh, two, two for scenes, uh, sure. where, you know, Dolores is supposed to be getting, uh, drilled about fucking, uh, how she's going to eventually ha- uh, be a killer robot. Right. Uh, and you think that it's one of those scenes, but then, uh, Dolores is like, Eh, uh, you're not doing a good job of being Arnold at all, and you're like, oh no, it's Bernard, even though the subtitles give, did give away that it was Bernard, but I was just like, oh,
1: okay. <laughs> well, the subtitles did give away that they're Bernard, there was a subtitle, I think it was a subtitle bug later, we'll get into it, but it refers to one character as another character, and in a show like this Ooh. I'm like, wait, what, why, Who?" <laughs> also, I, I
0: I really love how much they're starting to
1: lampshade a lot of their own
0: concepts because they know that they've introduced so much crap that uh, a lot of the viewers can't possibly trust uh, that they're not having a double triple blind pulled on them. I yeah, I certainly uh, cannot. I I love when fucking uh, the man in black's daughter was like, "No, I'm not a robot." <laughs>
1: I I, I know that everybody expects me to be a robot because I'm a new character who just came out of nowhere. But no, I'm not a robot. And also she's been referred to as Grace when the Man in Black's daughter was named Emily. And I suppose there's a possibility of another daughter or her name is Emily Grace. There's a lot of ways it could go, but that would seem manipulative, which Nolan and Joy would never do to us. Would never do to us. I honestly thought when he referred to her as
0: Ford... I thought that he had named her after Ford. I was like, that, that seems an odd thing to do, to name your daughter after uh, this person you have a very adversarial
1: relationship with. But I don't get white people anyway. It's a choice. It is a choice. I mean, it's a standard <laughs> thing. In, in most uh, Anglo-Saxon cultures, you name your firstborn after your greatest enemy. Your greatest friend <laughs> and enemy. It's it, somebody it, that you it, both it, admired it. once, but now you want to kill with the broadsword. <laughs> oh, is that
0: why your your child's name is going to be you're not allowed to bring drinks in here, sir?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, my my child's will be the San Francisco uh, Beverage and Alcohol Coalition. <laughs> you're coming after that
0: board. These you, sons of bitches. They need to let those bars stay out past 2. <laughs>
1: So we have Bernard and Dolores, they're in one of those scenes, and this is a scene, they showed it again at the beginning of the season, and my honest reaction was, Jesus Christ, we're still going back to this, I thought we'd moved on. Uh, But this paid off huge, because I was sort of, you know, I was like, okay, yeah, they're all talking about free will, blah blah blah, Um, if you outgrow the space, what will become of you? And then he says, I'm not sure if it's my choice to make, and Dolores says, that's not what he said, and I was like, what the fuck is happening? Um, And So my first reaction when I saw this is I know that the hosts have a hard time discerning when they're in the past or the present, and I was like, Mm -hmm. wait, is she interacting with one of her past memories and, like, doing sort of wish fulfillment of what she should have done? at,
0: At first, I thought that she was somehow manipulating her own memories so that she could, like, interact with them as they are happening, because, you know, as we have established, the robots experience memory as, you know this thing is happening to me right now and I can't tell the difference between that and memory. And I thought that she might have, you know, gained the power to be able to manipulate that data so, uh, in order to, you know, essentially use it as a simulation in her mind.
1: So it was something that we have mentioned before as an option, but that we have kind of brushed off um, as implausible. um, She is interacting with Bernard as if in, in the same way that William, as... And the man in Black interacted with James Delos, the droid mm-hmm. uh indicating to me that we could be dealing with them trying to plant Arnold into Bernard and and him constantly mm-hmm. coming back online
0: yeah and and there's also the there's also the option that uh the Bernard we are seeing interacting with Dolores. Is not the Bernard that we are seeing having a uh, fun uh, trip to the Central uh, Cradle with uh, Elsie? Hey, absolutely. That, um, but there's unless, no way to know that. Um, yeah, exactly. Unless um, uh, unless one of those fucking promotional... Uh, unless they did one of those stupid fucking fake-out promo images.
1: <laughs> I mean, so one of the things that, that I have floated is a lot of people are like, oh, they weren't able to get the consciousness transplant to really take hold and and it's mm-hmm. like yes they did it lasted up to 35 days at a time so it's possible that they've just been re replanting uh, arnold you know with the additional memories that he's gained you know every time mm-hmm. he goes on rotation which yeah is my current theory that is that, that is where yeah, i currently believe
0: that's what finally kicked in for me that that bernard is one of those like people robots who i'm going to refer to uh to borrow a marvel Universe term mandroids I'm, I'm gonna call them no, mandroids don't do from now on don't do that <laughs> no nope, too late we are establishing that hosts who are based on the, uh, uh, the uh, uploaded consciousness so of real people this. are mandroids I don't they're like mandroids this. red why why fight against the future so it's full of mandroids it's raining mandroids
1: i don't like any part of this
0: <laughs> so, yeah, it finally clicked that he is a uh, person-based host and not a, you know, completely uh, made-up personality host. So he's going to end up, uh, you know, breaking down uh, because of that.
1: So we have uh, – we go from there to Teddy and Sweetwater next to the can of condensed milk. He uh, picks up a bullet. And, and if you remember, the last time we saw Teddy, uh, the tech – was scrambling all his settings so he'd be a less sensitive, more masculine. He upped the toxic masculinity slider up to its maximum. <laughs> and, oh, And the entire time I was like, Teddy, don't eat the bullet. Don't eat the bullet, Teddy. The bullet is not milk. Don't eat the bullet, Teddy. And, and we have Dolores as the player piano, which is what I think of it every time a host is playing it. Did you notice what song was playing? I did not g- grasp it this time.
0: Uh, no, I did not notice either, although I just realized there's a nice little bit of symmetry with Dolores at the player piano at, uh, in this episode, and at the end of the episode, Ford in the, at the player piano.
1: Oh, that's an excellent point. Yeah, Well done,
0: <laughs> my good <laughs> sir. Thank you! Thank you very much, Red! I'm going to give myself a little gold sticker. You should do
1: that. I, that's why I ship <laughs> them to you.
0: <laughs> this system where I am allowed to doll little gold stickers out to myself really works!
1: but only the ones that I say you can. Yes sir. There are rules for a reason. So how many times did you step off that train Dolores says to Teddy? Uh, uh and it's like, yeah, that man was weak and born to fail. <laughs> I love it. So by the way, I have to say again, The NPC
0: who is stuck in that loop of moving chips across the table seems like he's having the best time of any person who has ever lived or not lived, as the case
1: may be. He has attainable goals, and he can complete them. That seems like a very satisfying existence.
0: He can, and he gets to reset it all over. He's truly the one person who is in charge of his own destiny.
1: It's like when you're eight years old and you figured out how to play Solitaire on the computer.
0: <laughs> You're like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make those fucking cards fly all over the place.
1: What, what are we calling new, new Teddy? I've been, call- I type, I decided he was Mega Teddy.
0: Oh, I, I like that. I want to fit. A, uh, I want to find a, if there's a way that I can fit ICP into Teddy. Uh, his, 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 his new Battle.net username is XX Teddy XX.
1: Yeah, with with the, uh, I'm gonna say three X's on either side with the middle X uh capitalized and the other X's lowercase. Mm.
0: Yes, I like this. I, you know what? We'll call him Alt Teddy.
1: Yeah, I like Alt Teddy. Yeah, he's. I like Alt Teddy. He's got some problematic views. He's <laughs> he's a, he
0: he really should not have joined the Teddy Rights uh, Association.
1: <laughs> so we have in the front of the train the uh, one of the QA guys is wearing a noose, uh, who has mentioned that he knows about Peter Hale. Uh, he's trying to give details about where, where, mm. uh, sorry, Peter Abernathy uh, could be. And uh, evil Teddy just offs the guy.
0: Yeah, Teddy is just straight up dropping bodies now.
1: Yeah, he's he's not that Teddy who's worried about mortality or morality.
0: Hmm. Yeah, and and Dolores is kind of like, huh? I don't. She she has that look where she's kind of like, I'm a little conflicted about this new Teddy, but I'm also wet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that wasn't the reading I got. If that's what you were in <laughs> that, that was scene. the reading
0: that I got. She finally got that bad boy she always wanted.
1: Yeah, she's like, I don't like him as a human being, but I'm more interested in him as a man. <laughs> so Stubbs closes the eyes of of oh. we cut to Stubbs closing the eyes of a fellow QA member who died backstage,
0: and. N- how awful a job is that, having to be the designated guy who closes the eyelids on all of the corpses?
1: And never once they get, do they get those corpses, we've all seen them, where you close the eyelids and they just snap back open and you have to do it like five or six times.
0: <laughs> that just, just one, one intern walking around with some scotch tape, just scotch taping all of the eyes shutting all of the corpses.
1: <laughs> um, so Charlotte Hale walks into this with the, where the fuck have you been? And, And she is, they've been much better about, um, especially for the security aspect, establishing the timeline. Mm -hmm. She walks in and says, it has been one week, i.e. one week before they actually roll up on the beach, but one week after the initial event. Mm -hmm. So we're right in the middle right now, Stubbs. Yeah. Uh, Which was very helpful for me. I also,
0: I also like when she's like, where the fuck have you been? Chris wasn't nearly as tardy on set as you are.
1: Um they they call they call for help and he's like what you could have called for help this whole time and she basically goes not for you for something <laughs> oh. of value
0: oh and when 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 stubbs is like what the the corporation's not just going to let all of these people die, right? It's like, oh, buddy, you haven't seen a single movie about a corrupt corporation, have no. you? And fa- and I feel like that's one of the that's one of the tests on the interview to become the uh, park security head. Like, what is your opinion about corrupt corporations? I like them. <laughs> they're pretty great. <laughs> that, that that's how he got that job securing Tesla's facilities.
1: Yeah, they they show them a picture of Elon Musk with a mech body, and they're like, "Does this seem like a bad thing to you?"
0: <laughs> I like it, ED-209, but with an Elon Musk head. Exactly. It has to be the balding head, though.
1: Uh, yeah, and it's like, I admire him.
0: <laughs> I can't wait to, to subscribe to his fucking uh, news honesty verification service.
1: The Boring Company oh, and God. their flamethrowers are going to make the world great.
0: I hate this guy so
1: much. <laughs> uh, they take Hale uh, to to some techs. Uh, they want to... Uh, and, and they have Abernathy. Yeah. And whew, them bolting yeah. Peter Abernathy to the chair with a boken that they just had on hand for this purpose was dark. Yo.
0: Wait, I was like, wait are they gonna cut off the cut off this guy's feet like don't they just have a turn off feet function? like right. I feel uh, like me and me and Stubbs both had the same look where we were like, yo i I like I wouldn't put a bolt through my fucking super Nintendo why are you putting a bolt through this fucking <laughs> robot guy and
1: also we there's like a skin flap you can cut to get an ethernet jack you're telling me there's not like one in the armpit where there's just like an off switch?
0: Yeah, it's the entire thing is very grotesque, as it's meant to be, because we're supposed to identify with these robots.
1: And and I did, and it was gross. And, and uh, mm-hmm. you succeeded again, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Nolan and Joy. Mm. So we cut from there to uh, we just hear woman breathing deeply and rhythm- rhythmically, and we're back in Shogun World, which... I did not. I honestly expected that we would get a gap before getting more Shogun World. If anything, mm-hmm. I, I didn't think no, we would get is... more Shogun World immediately the next episode.
0: Yeah, this is it for Shogun World, I believe. Uh, which is it's classic video game stuff where they they go into one world, one of the characters gets her special powers, they're able to bring one character back out with them because it couldn't be DLC if you didn't have at least one character who joins the main party
1: in the main quest chain, and um that i i was so were you immediately aware of what was happening with uh um akane and sakura like i when when i saw the knife come out i was like oh she's gonna kill herself and then i heard I, song, and i was like what is happening and for a second i thought she'd sought out her own heart
0: <laughs> uh, this whole cutting out her heart thing I'm not going to say with any certainty
1: whether that's an established part of Japanese culture, but it seemed pretty weird to me. I'm going to say with certainty that I think it's disgusting and I respect it if it's real. <laughs> If they've made this up, they are truly mocking
0: the beautiful culture of Japan, and if this is an established part of the beautiful culture
1: of Japan, then it truly is a wonder. Absolutely. That's that's how I feel deep down inside. <laughs> There's no ambiguity in that for me. That's a strong oh, statement all. that I'm willing not to all. stand by. Uh, and so, yeah, so The she, worst... She-
0: the the worst mistake that anybody could ever make is letting Tandy Newton put all of those
1: slots into dual weapon specialization. Ooh, yeah, once I saw who it you stars, let her have it's two over. katanas. Yeah, two katanas. That that's like when you see like Neo with two two pistols. You are like dual wielding. What's happening?
0: <laughs> it's like why couldn't you just get one big pistol? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, we we cut from there to Maeve. And a few others attempting to make their exit. So we've got Felix Sylvester, Lee, Akane. We've got um, Musashi. 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 Mm -hmm. Um, And also, I've been calling her the woman with the dragon tattoo. (laughs) I just call her Japanese Armistice because I
0: forgot her actual name. Uh, But I do know her name is Tao Akamoto, a woman who I have had a huge crush on ever since the Wolverine. By the way, by the way, we should acknowledge... That is Please. Rinko Kikuchi. Rinko Kikuchi. <laughs> Akane yes. is Rinko Kikuchi, which I I did not catch uh last week uh because I I am going to have to say I have only seen one Rinko Kikuchi movie and it is Pacific Rim.
1: I'd seen zero of these people. Oh, so uh, oh yeah, I've seen a co- I've seen Pacific Rim. Um mm-hmm. there I think it was Hiro uh I don't have I've got his full name here somewhere. Hiroyuki Yuki Saneda. He is also in The Wolverine. Uh Yeah, so I think it was him who was in the Wolverine and who was also in the Japanese version of Sideways. What? There was, I was just, so I was just clicking on all the I love,
0: one of my absolute favorite things is when you find out that like
1: a foreign culture adapted a very like norm core American movie. (laughs) And it's like, the thing about it is he's not even in some like other wine country. They literally put him in uh, the central coast of California. What? It's so like it's a, a middle age
0: in w- It's a Japanese remake of Sideways that yeah. takes place in America. I, uh, fucking, I the translated loved, title uh, on
1: IMDb. Culture. The translated title on IMDb is Sideways. Like they didn't they didn't stray at all. I have to watch that movie.
0: I- <laughs> Obviously, he's not playing the Giamatti character.
1: I, I mean, I didn't... Again, this was like when I was pausing it to do research, I didn't have a lot of time to dig into it.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I read an interview with Hiroyuki Suneida, and uh, he said that basically, yeah, they explained it to me, and they were like, it's going to be a shitty version of Japanese culture filtered through this asshole's view. And he was like, oh, okay, cool. By the way, here are all of your historical inaccuracies. <laughs> like, there were a lot of historical also, inaccuracies so, uh, that were meant he... like... like the uh. Apparently, the kimonos are uh, had, like, leather uh, inseams, which they are not supposed to have, because Japan didn't do leather curing back then. So... Uh, but, like, so, very basic stuff, like how you, like, uh, uh, do the uh, closing of the kimono, they got wrong. Because that, once again, Japan is a very aesthetic
1: culture. So, you can be wearing your shirt the wrong way, <laughs> very easily. So... Um. Uh. I, I watched all of the special featurettes that normally air after the after the episode. Um. So I watched all the first five. And so one of them, they talk about very specifically the costume designers was trying to create parallels between the Doppelbots, the sort of Japanese mm-hmm. versions of the character. So he is obviously playing the uh, Hector Escalante character played by Rodrigo Centaurum. Uh, and uh. Did you just call him Rodrigo Santorum? <laughs> no, Rodrigo Santorum.
0: I feel and... like you just called him Rodrigo
1: <laughs> Santorum. <laughs> yes, that's what I did. That's that's what I'm calling him <laughs> from now on. So, so um, a, a couple things they talk about is basically to – their costuming was mirrored. And so the costume designers went to great lengths. So for his costume, they added the leather details to make it mm. mirror the ridiculous costume – Uh, that Hector Escalante was wearing Um, and they showed him talking about the costuming and he's like yeah Japanese design but like these American materials it's kind of cool so I don't uh, know if that that was was after they got to him and Uh, explained what they were doing but there's at least one video of him seeming to be okay with it uh, so I don't know yeah
0: Uh, uh, plus I I have to imagine that they're paying him well (laughs) I, would, I have to imagine that the actors who get the two episode uh, guest star slot on an HBO series
1: are getting paid pretty nicely. And they also mentioned that the they brought the stunt guys in to fight with to do sword fights with him, and they were like, apparently he's like a master swordsman, and the stunt <laughs> guys were like, I love this. the stunt guys were like, this guy's the fucking greatest, and they were freaking out <laughs> about getting to sword fight with him.
0: Oh, that's so cute. I love I love shit like that with stunt people so much.
1: By oh, the way, the best.
0: I I I feel like we should kind of talk about Deadpool two at some point. Uh, because why? Here's the oh uh because we both uh well you've you've been you've been more of a fan of Deadpool than I ever imagined possible. But also, there's a lot of very weird problematic elements uh vis-a-vis that production that we should talk about.
1: Oh sure, I, yeah, I, okay, we we can definitely talk about that at some point. We'll do
0: that at some point. We'll do yes. that at some point. Uh,
1: so Maeve chooses not... So he, he basically says... So Musashi and Akane... Akane. Uh, how do you pronounce your name?
0: I just go with Akane.
1: Akane. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I'm go going for Akane. for now. <laughs> um, basically says that they're not going with them. And Maeve mm-hmm. lets them choose their own fate... and but i i was surprised because i thought all of the japanese characters would not go with them but uh the woman with the dragon tattoo does come with them
0: ah i love that japanese armistice is like i haven't even had a crack at this ass yet you think i'm gonna leave this go you think (laughs) you think that i'm gonna get the the best pussy in the west go my own
1: (laughs) I, i i'm very curious to see if that's actually where that goes
0: <laughs> also, I really love uh if you don't notice in one of the scenes where uh the guy who gets his arm cut off, I, I don't know if it's just the perspective, but that was the tiniest fake arm I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> it was just like it was just like, oh, is this did they have to get one of the like tiny baby fake arms? Were they all out of large <laughs> fake arms that day? I missed that. I need to go back and look at that. I loved it. Also, this is why you always keep
1: the safety on your secondary sword. <laughs> It's very important. It's very important. So we head from there to Lawrence uh, and the Man in Black with Grace, uh, the Man in Black's daughter, and uh, so I, 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 I had to go back and check. Grace was still alive. Um, mm-hmm. So what? Sorry, the Man in Black's daughter was still alive by his own accounting, uh, but blamed him for uh, Juliet's death, his wife, her mom. Uh, mm-hmm. So that that was what we knew about her before. Uh, she walked onto the stage, and I was surprised, given that she's clearly alive, that, and and that she's been in Westworld enough that she could that she would like learn Lakota, mm-hmm. so she could speak to the Ghost Nation. That he initially assumed that it was Ford creating a host exactly like his daughter. Mm-hmm. I I don't I, I'm I'm very confused by the Man in Black's reaction to her. I feel like. I mean either he's just a bigger asshole than I've ever guessed or there's another shoe that's going to drop there.
0: I I I don't know. I think that they were just kind of trying to lampshade the possibility uh that she is a robot so that people know she is not a robot so that if she gets fucking shot uh we're not just going to be like oh she's a robot. Cuz right, at this point they have made it so that every character can be upwards of multiple
1: robots. <laughs> Certainly. And and there's and we have sort of God, there's, there's a trope term for it, but I can't think of it right now. In the first season, when Ford was, he had a host that he was building behind them the whole time um, mm. underneath his house at the woods. And we still don't know what that host was. Yeah. Yeah. He, they put a host on the mantle. Yeah. They put a host on the mantle. Exactly. Yeah. By check the, the host. By, by the third act, we're going to know who that host is. So uh-huh. every time we're introduced to a character like this, uh, my initial reaction was like, oh, my God. It is a host.
0: (laughs) Uh, I I also really liked uh, Clifton Collins being like, you really want to take your daughter through here? Why not IHOP, where kids eat free on Wednesdays? (laughs) I love that all of them are wired to try to take them to the parks IHOP. (laughs) (laughs) That's good brand synergy.
1: Uh, By the way, I'm in Buffalo, New York, and I drove past. They have a place here called the Pancake House, and I was like, and we were arguing about what it was famous for, and somebody said it was for their Dutch babies, and so they looked it up and they discovered that the pancake house in Buffalo, New York, has branched out and has uh it has branches in Greece and in Spain, which mean it is the international pancake house. Not <laughs> not the international house of pancakes, mind you. But an international pancake house.
0: It's the if?
1: <laughs> it's the if, as people know it colloquially all over the world. <laughs>
0: Oh, I bet they've had so much legal trouble from
1: the international house. <laughs> just because they decided to expand overseas. It's just a pancake house. It's very different. <laughs> uh, so so um and, and she's very good at the game. Like she like mm-hmm. is she notices before the Man in Black does that um that the arrows are not ghost nation arrows, which means it's a trap set by, you know, some of the other people. And it's like mm-hmm. what I feel like the men in black should have been able to recognize that type of thing. We're led to believe that she spent a lot of the time, a lot of time in the park, but only when she was much younger. As she herself was like, oh, I came in and realized I could like have sex with all the hosts for the first time.
0: I hated that double entendre. I loved it. So fucking much. I, I rode there for a couple of days and then I rode there for a couple of days too. Ah, ooga. Hummina, hummina, and I hated it. You
1: that. loved it. You loved it. By the way, what is it about uh, becoming evil, uh, as we learn from Wyatt, as we learn from Mega Teddy, uh, that it, it makes you more confident, it makes you more relaxed, and it lowers your voice half an octave? Red, maybe you want to take a walk on the dark side. Listen, I, I, <laughs> I just feel freer than ever. I've got some lessons that people oh. need to learn. Are we going to have a deep voice off? Oh, we're going to have a deep voice off. Because I honestly don't think that you could get any deeper than this. You have no idea what you're in for. <laughs>
0: I was born in darkness.
1: <laughs> uh, I
0: I'm sorry. I was born in
1: darkness. <laughs> hey, I'm back. I am morals. As you can tell by my goofy uptight <laughs> Listen, <that's> voice. Gonna...
0: <laughs> This is going to be the thing that actually physically destroys the podcast. <laughs> We're going to go so deep it, it rips time and space <laughs> in two. Uh,
1: yeah. Eventually we'll go deep voice and we'll both have soundboards.
0: <laughs> oh, when I, when you fucking spilled the beans about what that soundboard program was, <laughs> the first thing I did was look it up and was like, fuck, it's a Mac. <laughs> I'm gonna get that iMac, <laughs> just watch I'm gonna get that green case iMac
1: <laughs> And so she, yeah, I don't know But I'm very confused about her backstory And why, why, why she knows the languages uh, uh, I, I Fred, don't know I, You
0: didn't notice, but in every scene she is actually reading an issue of Electronic Gaming
1: Monthly <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that Westworld Power? <laughs> uh we go to elsie and bernard who is ah i'm so glad we didn't have any elsie last episode and i and i feel like i'm being teased with elsie I'll, that's all i want oh, I, I love it i
0: love with the the fucking trail of hats leading them
1: in yeah that we got the white hat we got the black hat and it's like oh they killed the welcome crew there they're no threat to anybody it's like oh aren't they <laughs> Oh, oh, listen! They're, they're they're a threat to that ass. I believe if and and Bernard is very complimentary. I believe if anyone can write the ship by sheer force of will, it's you. And then they kiss. Oh, he's he's an he's an Elsie stand too. Oh hell yeah! I mean, if anybody uh, is more, I, I, frankly, I feel like it's just <laughs> me projecting myself into Westworld every time I see Bernard. <laughs> he's a man he's who an may an or Alex may not. Roth. He's a man who may or may not be a host, just trying to help Elsie get to her ultimate goals. I
0: I, I hate when you do those dramatic glasses reveals all the time. <laughs> Please keep your glasses on.
1: <laughs> Stop it. I feel like something's about to happen now. Nothing, but nothing warms my heart more than Elsie being mad at QA. And I'm glad we got well, to see that in this I, episode.
0: My favorite part was when she was like, oh, they got climate control working, nice priorities. And it's like, yeah, that was definitely a Floridian on that team. It's like, <laughs> we need central AC, first of all. And everybody else was like, yes, this Florida man truly has his priorities straight.
1: I I mean, I. so again, I came out to Buffalo to visit my sister, and I looked at the weather, and I was like, Jesus. It's going to be 81 degrees. And I was like, <laughs> I can... I, I guess I can. I guess I can roll up my jeans a little bit. I, I guess <laughs> Are you
0: just like, all right, time to break up my Borat bikini. And then I was
1: like, wait, what's the humidity? And I was like, uh, above fifty percent. No. <laughs> you,
0: you guys don't know, but Red is actually podcasting from a temperature-controlled,
1: sealed plastic bubble. It's. I I refuse to leave. <laughs> I don't know why you're not going to let John Travolta on the mic, uh, and. I've never felt like when you watch a film and you see somebody return to their rightful place, that's how I felt when Elsie opened up a terminal and started ignoring everyone around her. (laughs)
0: oh that fucking stupid server farm i really thought that it was going to be much harder for them to get to the end bosses stage
1: (laughs) uh it is it turns out it's just an entry into a virtual world where there's going to be other you don't think there's going to be another server room inside of that virtual world have you not seen the nolans I, i
0: hate that they have literally given us a separate reality
1: we had yes. multiple
0: timelines, and now we have an entire separate cyberspace reality to jack into.
1: Now it's time for you to ask, Evan. Which reality are we in right now?
0: I hate this! I'm spitting my top! I'm <laughs> spitting my top, and if Marion Cote the Yard shows up, I'm going to demonstrate to her that jet fuel can melt steel beams.
1: <laughs> so QA has been um, trying to control, and but what they are calling... Uh, it's been stopped by the Cradle which is what they're calling Mm -hmm. the area that maintains the backup host brains, which, as we know, are essentially the consciousness of the hosts. Um, Mm -hmm. And and we learned that something in there is improvising. I'm I'm very excited about this. So the group arrives. uh, What is the name? Uh, We're back in...
0: Uh, I believe this is supposed to be... Oh, I keep forgetting what that fucking... It's Mount Fuji, but I believe yeah. that there is a uh, famous painting of it that they are supposed to be aping.
1: Yes. yeah, The Mount Fuji painting, I believe it's called.
0: Yes. Uh, and my favorite part was how uh, the, the armistice keep asking for everyone to form a conga line. It's like, you guys are just looking for excuses to touch each other. Leave the rest <laughs> of the group out of this.
1: Uh, Lee, Lee finds a way out. It's littered with bodies. There's a slide. Felix goes down first. And lands on top of a bunch uh, of dead actually,
0: bodies. Actually, actually, the head goes down first. That's because true. Because anytime you're That's going fair. down a hole, you want to throw a decapitated head as a test. And
1: if we know anything from early HBO seasons, we'll later learn that that um, that that head was actually George W. Bush. <laughs>
0: Why don't they keep that George W. Bush head in storage away from the production companies?
1: I don't know. Just they're gonna just got to like, trouble, guys. We, we just need a random head, not one that's a political problem. Like, just put that stupid wig on it and it'll be fine. <laughs> not only is it a past president, now they're culturally appropriating him.
0: I don't think anybody wants to see fake Japanese George W. Bush.
1: Heads. <laughs> the only person who wants to see that is George W. Bush. <laughs> He's like, I'd love to paint that. I—I I mean, honestly, okay. Just close your eyes if you're listening to this now. Imagine George W. Bush in a kimono. Tell me it doesn't work. Tell me he's not a weeaboo.
0: I don't like this at all because you know now every ex-president is like, I "Gotta find a way to relax." That's <laughs> <laughs> the best possible relaxing outfit that I could have. And it's like they always go for a kimono at one point. They go. For you a- know,
1: Barack put that kimono on. Oh, absolutely, and he was the only one who was able to pull it off. <laughs>
0: Also, I love, I love when J- uh, Japanese armistice, uh, uses her sword, uh, to light the heart on fire, which it just proves what I've always been saying. It's a tool, not a weapon, all right? <laughs> <laughs> People all right. keep telling me you can't bring your katana camping. And I'm like, what if we need fire? What <laughs> if the- we need fire and to decapitate a bear? We've got this
1: tiny flint in the other thing. We're- we'll be fine. No, we need a sword. Uh- if you don't start a sword with a fire, you haven't really started a fire. <laughs> so we have Grace and the, the man in black. and we. Uh, so, Grace. Oh, I see. You don't drink at the real world. I'm glad you can tell the difference. And I like that she didn't realize, oh, that he'd also been drinking in the real world. Come on. Don't be dumb.
0: Don't be <laughs> I, naive. I actually love the idea that William is straight edge when he's in the real world. Yeah he he just has the he just has to scratch off those X tattoos on his hands.
1: <laughs> it's only when I go into this world and, and, and join the Foot Clan that I do all the things that I wish I could do. <laughs> oh fucking Sam Rockwell's it in there. You can do a lot of damage. Uh, yeah, and so so Grace was invited by Charlotte Hale to the shareholders meeting as she is. Either officially a shareholder, or just because her dad's one of the major shareholder. Who knows?
0: I mean, technically, she's a Delos.
1: Yeah, that's that's a good. Uh, she has Delos blood, certainly. Hmm. I mean, her last name is whatever the hell William's last name. I don't think we ever got yeah, that.
0: I don't think we have gotten William's last name at any point. Let's call him William. last I would name. love it. I would love it if his name was William Black.
1: <laughs> William Mannablock. William Mannablock. Yeah, uh, uh, of yeah. of the Kentucky Blacks.
0: it works perfect
1: uh so she says uh, so her her um her reason that she's there is she just decided to come for the party uh because it was a free trip decided to revisit Rajwold, bone a bunch of dudes to embarrass her dad and then and then just once that happened happened to come find him uh so so that he didn't get his way and do death by robot or whatever. But if you'll remember, when we first see her, she opens up a notebook that has a map of the whole place with the little interlocking D symbol that was used to show where James Dalos's host was being kept and where they were working on the sort of afterlife project, which makes me think she had some other reason for being here and that perhaps her stated reason is not her real reason at all. Wait. So you're saying that this character might have an ulterior motive? It might have the main motive that it's presented, and then had another one. I don't know what the term for that is, but uh, I think that's what's I, happening. I, I,
0: oh God! What an what an incredible world they've created. <laughs> where a person can have two priorities in their brain at one time.
1: It's crazy that this reality they've created, where a person uh, can say one thing yet mean another thing. Uh, I find once it fascinating. We get
0: uploaded into the matrix none of more of that shit no, no more of that shit we're all just going to be yelling fucking data at each other like
1: eh! <laughs> that the matrix is truth, pure baby. and great and wonderful and there's gonna be anthony hopkins and dogs and i'm gonna love it <laughs> i i think my my favorite part of
0: this is is when she's like oh you wanted to commit death by robot It's like if you want to commit death by robot, you can just get that one robot that's just an arm with a knife at the end and stand (laughs) in front of it. It's not that hard.
1: It really isn't. You could have visited Shogun World for 10
0: seconds. (laughs) Listen, you just go to one of those Tesla factories. You're dead in a second.
1: And so this is a very interesting interaction because we have Grace basically saying something that seems very meaningful where she says, listen, you weren't a great dad. I'm summarizing. But I shouldn't have pinned. Oh, I thought you were telling
0: me. And I was like, I've
1: been a terrible father to my children. I keep leaving them in a garbage can or a toilet. And I shouldn't have pinned mom's death on you. And uh, let's start again. And it's very touching in the moment. And he's like, sure, quick nap, and then we'll deal with that. And then he disappears immediately.
0: Also, I like when he's like, after that, you and I are even, which is a great way to filter interfamily, uh, interpersonal relationships.
1: The main thing is when you're dealing with interpersonal relationships or any relationships, it's all about quid pro quo. The first thing any relationship expert will tell you is it's all about tracking favors, interactions, deciding who has the most points, who deserves to have the most points but doesn't, and then making sure that the person who doesn't knows that they're a piece of shit. That's how you have healthy relationships. Everything,
0: everything is transactional. After this podcast, me and Red are gonna PayPal each other two hundred dollars. <laughs> it all evens out, but it's the it's the metaphor of the thing that's important. Yeah,
1: I yeah, no, I have an abacus for each of my grudges. <laughs> so, tink, tink, slide. slide. <laughs> so the next day. Grace wakes up by herself, and he's such a piece of shit. And they've gone to great lengths to show us that the man in black is not a good guy. This is the first time in a while where I lowered my estimation of him as a human being.
0: <laughs> this is such a dad move, though. Uh,
1: we got to go to the airport five hours early. If you're not awake, you're not coming with us. <laughs> yeah, he basically home-aloned her, even though she's much too he old for that. her! And he's like, where's your ticket? Oh, I guess I accidentally scrubbed it into the trash can and forgot that you were with us. There's a lot of kids with me There's me, there's Lawrence There's these other guys <laughs> There's you, my actual child It's hard to keep track
0: Or should I say,
1: child robot Yeah, I, I don't I mean, she's not a I'm gonna actually now go back and watch the Rajworld episode Because mm-hmm. I don't remember if she proved that she was real Or if it was just him
0: No, I, th- I, I feel like it was just him that got shot
1: <sighs> I hate that
0: I feel like she proved that she was real by allowing him to have sex with her. I,
1: I don't know if that's how that works.
0: I, uh, listen, if
1: when you're a man, feels real, it's real. <laughs> I, I don't think that's how that works in this world, Ivan.
0: Well, I guess you're not invited to my wedding with a flashlight. <laughs> I, I was going go to make you wedding. my best man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember when they met like it was yesterday. A package arrived and Ivan said, get out of here. i was like oh this is truly the primest of shipping (laughs) so we have elsie and bernard um and so we learned that essentially there are what one thing that has been true throughout this show is they have this unusual fidelity in a world where you have virtual consciousness that they don't have consciousness swaps Mm -hmm. they don't have clones um which has been a very interesting asp- and unique aspect of of the idea of a virtual consciousness in Westworld. So it's super fascinating that it sounds like they essentially have duplicate cores mm-hmm. um in the cradle and each one of them are running in some sort of simulation.
0: Yeah, they they say that uh the uh the cradle is not supposed to be meant to, you know, Interact with outside systems, but it is running in a cyber
1: simulation
0: of the entirety of uh, Westworld at any given time.
1: Yeah, they're like, listen, we have a firewall. And it's like, yeah, the NSA backdoored that firewall. So you're (laughs) kind of hosed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Uh,
0: So it's basically... Uh, an MMO with no players, where everything functions perfectly and as it's meant to because there's no players breaking the game at every point possible.
1: And I I do really appreciate, though Elsie has supported Bernard in being uh, a person with its own agency, that she also respects that he is still a machine that has a brain cord that can be pulled out and that's who he actually is. And so when he's like... Put me into the machine. Like, I feel like a shittier writer who didn't understand the core of what Elsie is like I do would have been like, no, no, Bernard, don't do this. Please don't do this. Please don't. Oh, no. Where she was like, yeah, no. I mean, it's going to hurt a lot. And he's like, that's fine. And she's like, "Okay." And then presses the button because she understands who he is.
0: (laughs) I loved Put Me Inside. Uh, Anytime anybody jacks into cyberspace. I fucking love it. It's so 1995. I love it. What also, uh 1999
1: really- when the Matrix came out. Come on.
0: <laughs> uh listen, I am going after the uh true cyberpunk originator. Uh I'm going full William Gibson baby. They are ca- breaking into cyberspace they've got their ice on them they're hacking the gibson
1: much i mean you can tell it's completely different from the matrix or william gibson because they don't plug into the back they plug into the top of the head completely different world (laughs) completely different idea i object to you suggesting that they're similar in any way shape or form (laughs) Uh, i really love when bernard is just like the pain's just a program
0: Ow! ow, turn off the program turn off the program
1: So this is we get something that we had seen in the promos that we all felt was kind of spoiler spoilery. Mm-hmm. Bernard wakes up on the train in the simulation in Teddy's spot. Mm-hmm. So, mm, so that's
0: th- interesting. It,
1: this this single frame had led a lot of people to wonder if like Teddy and Bernard had been switched. Um I I think this leads me to believe that that is not the case though of course mm. it could be a misdirect and not an actual direct, of which there are very few in this television show.
0: Uh, honestly, this entire scene, I, I, I couldn't concentrate because of all of the tension, because I kept expecting that claw to drop his control unit. <laughs> the entire time I was like, oh no, oh no, you, you almost got it, you almost got it, you just have to navigate in there, oh god, I'm never going to get that, <laughs> uh, that lobster harmonica. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we have uh, the parachutes landing near Stubbs. And Coughlin arrives with Angles. Oh, I love Coughlin's mustache. God. I love his attitude. This dismissive Scotsman. I love him.
0: <laughs> oh, and they're immediately name shaming Ashley. It's uh, like that's a perfectly fine name, right? And they uh, it's, uh, as as Ash from Evil Dead has proven.
1: Yeah, and I mean it's literally toxic masculinity. The corporation has showed up. And it's like, listen, Ashley, your text best to get their hand on their dicks. And he's like, Some of them are women, I will have you know. <laughs> Alright, hands off their dicks and or pussies if they've got one. Thank you,
0: Coughlin. God, it, it's so much, so PC these days. <laughs> By which I mean personal computer.
1: <laughs> People are just not very respectful to the smartest, best looking Hemsworth.
0: <laughs> it's, Really, you're gonna give it to to uh, uh, Luke?
1: No, he's just he's just the Hemsworth in the best intellectual property. So he's the smartest, <laughs> best looking Hemsworth. He's he's the only Hemsworth that can't catch a break. I'm still mad at his brother for showing up to the Westworld premiere wearing a bomber jacket when he was wearing <laughs> a suit. Wait, which Hemsworth? Thor or the young one? Thor. <laughs> By the way, Son I've heard those bitch. Hemsworth are just a bunch of dummies. <laughs> I've heard that they are awful interviews. Oh, I, I hope so. Listen, there's a lot of actors that I love that are very, very dumb. I don't <laughs> oh, need actors to be things. I don't need actors to be good people. I just need them to be able to like uh, take on the qualities of a good human being.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you just need them to basically be a cipher who you throw personality uh, uh, onto.
1: Thank you. That's all I'm asking.
0: <laughs> when when Joe Pantoliano
1: was playing a, a character named Cypher, you were like this is perfect. This is working well for me. That that I definitely <laughs> felt good about that. Uh so Maeve finds a uh, a grave to climb out of on the prairie. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and this Maeve thanks Sizemore and it's the first time I see a real reflection in Lee Sizemore's eyes that he actively treats her like a person.
0: I I thought that this was just, once again, a man needing somebody to explicitly give him credit for a good thing he should have done in the first place. And like, You can enjoy your one admirable contribution now. If you yeah. read that line as sarcastic, it's a lot
1: different. Oh, it's definitely sarcastic.
0: <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, and he's like, oh, yeah, I did do a good thing for this robot who's lesser than me because I'm a white man. But also,
1: uh, I think it's very clear that... Uh, she's going to come back and meet with Lisa Sizemore and be like, how the fuck didn't you tell me that you'd replaced me? That I was going to see my daughter who had a new mother who'd taken over my part. Which I 100% called, I believe, last season. Oh, of course that was going to happen. I mean, I... It's the most obvious fucking shit. It was obvious, but I blocked it out of my memory because it's so heartbreaking. (laughs) Oh, and she's like, ugh. Once
0: again, they cast a younger actress to replace an older actress.
1: And also, uh, I don't know if you know, the whole party is now, they found new clothes. They're all dressed Western, even the girl with the dragon tattoo. Uh,
0: I love Japanese Armistice Western look. She's still got her fucking arm bands, and she's like, can't abandon the gimmick, baby. Gotta go with the brand. Always gotta protect (laughs) the brand.
1: 100% of the time. It's the only way you can go. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Oh and th- this is one of my favorite parts when you have to split up the party so one of the characters can finish their uh, personal quest
1: chain. <laughs> uh so we sort of cut to the Ghost Nation starting to take out the Man in Black's party and then we cut back mm-hmm. to Maeve. I I love when
0: when when fucking uh Clifton Collins and his cousin are speaking Spanish and the Man in Black goes,
1: "This is Westworld, speak western." <laughs> yeah, he pulls out his mega cowboy hat. Which is very easy <laughs> uh, for the Ghost but, Nation to uh, see. It's, it's make a terrible choice. M-
0: Mwga make Westworld great again.
1: <laughs> and and uh, I was very. If you've seen enough film, if you've seen enough television, there's certain things that you know aren't going to be happy reunions. When I saw how she was framed so tinyly on the top of that hill that was clearly off kilter, I was like, "Is this happy reunion framing? No, it's. Oh no, no, it's not. Are these happy oh. reunion violence? No, 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 they're not." Oh, um, and,
0: and she she, tr- she managed to aggro the raiding party.
1: Yep. 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 She, she sees the Ghost Nation coming. What did you make of the Ghost Nation saying, come with us? We are meant to the same path. One of the biggest mysteries this season that I feel like I really don't have a handle on, there's some interesting theories uh, such that the Ghost Nation is meant to help uh, the actual guests uh, get out uh, alive and to sort of help serve uh, backstage. But it does seem like they have some greater purpose that may be related to Ford that has not been revealed yet. And I, I really don't uh, know where I, I fall on them. I am
0: maintaining that they are basically, you know, the antibodies of the Ford intelligence in the park, Uh, you know, who is using them as an
1: extension of himself to physically affect Westworld because he cannot. Right. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's really fascinating, and I think they are the yeah. the big untold story of this season. That I'm I'm looking at this point, I'm I don't know i I think I've started to trust this show, especially after Shogun World. I feel like was done well in the way it was supposed to be, but I'm sure people would disagree. Yeah. And I'm kind of excited to see where the Ghost Nation story goes.
0: Yeah, uh, and I do believe that uh, the actor who played the Ghost Nation uh, raider. Uh, who talked to Tandy Newton is the actor who, uh, was earlier the, you know, the guy from Fargo who shows up, uh, to be like, Hey, William, I'm i I'm a host. Yeah. How's it going? Yeah.
1: Hey, I'm a host. Um, so come with, come with us. Did you also think that the Maeve's daughter who was holding two dolls and one was a, a, a black doll with black hair and the other one was a doll with blonde hair. And I was like, oh, is that Maeve and Dolores? <laughs> Who knows? Maybe she does have two mommies. All of the
0: robots have the two the 2 mommies, the good mommy and the bad mommy. Uh, this is all going to hinge on mommy theory.
1: Geez. Maeve is going to be so furious the next time she sees Sizemore and is just like, you couldn't give me a uh, goddamn heads up.
0: Oh, and he he remains a bad ally, tries to get out while the getting's bad.
1: Yep, it it does not go well for him.
0: Oh, and here's the thing, though. Felix remains a good boy.
1: Yeah, Felix is the only good person in this whole thing.
0: He really is. He is the one human character who can rely on to make the chaotic good choice.
1: So we see Lee Sizemore with Felix and Sylvester brings out his QA radio, which, if you remember, he stole from one of the QA people who'd been hung in the weird boxes with rats to eat their faces, or I don't know what they were for. Um, and calls for help. Who knows what the hell that means. I'm pretty sure it means people are going to descend upon him and just ruin his life.
0: Yeah, I, I love when he's like, I'm getting help. It's called a forced disconnect. And it'll take us out of here no matter where we are.
1: Yeah, good luck with that. Ah, <laughs> uh, you got a forced disconnect if that raid is going to get wiped out. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure what's going to happen is we're going to get a uh, mustache is going to show up with a Scottish accent mm. and just stomp on his face for a while.
0: Oh, Absolutely.
1: So Dolores uh, and Dolores' army, who I I always think of as Dumbledore's army, like I just like, (sighs) uh, on the train, Teddy, with his voice an octave lower, finally comfortable with who he is, just trying (laughs) to find a solution. (laughs) All Teddy Teddy just, he's like, I never thought I'd want to leave, but I suppose you fixed that too. And Dolores is like, maybe you want to talk to your therapist about that instead of having me do that emotional labor right here, right now, where we're trying to accomplish something. You Honestly, said it'd be cool I, if we worked I feel together. Like it,
0: if a woman rewrites your entire personality, she should do some emotional labor to help maintain that. Uh, maybe you should have written
1: your own personality.
0: No, I have to make myself out of an amalgamation of other people's personality traits.
1: <sighs> and so Teddy gives the a gun and one bullet and says that's the last of my mercy better use it fast then they drop the train behind them and I don't know what's happening to him I assume he's going to plunge off of something though it's not clear to me how at this point
0: oh the, the they fucking loaded up the entire front cab with explosives and they blew it up while it's in the middle of the mesa oh
1: is that what was happening yeah oh
0: yeah that's where that big explosion came from oh
1: I yeah I was I was very confused by that scene
0: you drunk were you like why is everything exploding
1: around me (laughs) no i was fine um Uh, i listen we we take notes so many notes i'm like researching stuff at the same time once in a while you miss minor things like everything exploding (laughs) in the middle of the mesa
0: (laughs) i i love coughlin when he's like uh did you shut off the killer robots that's the main thing, isn't there? Yeah, you can do, you can get as many maps back online as you want, but if you haven't shut
1: off those killer robots, you are not going to be able to gather XP. Then you haven't done shit. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, they get the map back. They see the train. They're upset by that. Uh, we cut from there to Elsie and Bernard. Bernard is in Matrix Streetwater. We see. So this is. Uh, I'm. I'm sure you remember. This is the Ford family's dog. yeah i knew that was not a period appropriate dog i mean i don't know about that i mean it seemed it (laughs) didn't seem hardy enough to survive in those conditions exactly it wasn't a period appropriate dog (laughs) all dogs in the old west are just old scruffers um and and bernard walks past teddy who doesn't see him and there is ford in sweetwater playing the piano he backed himself up I fucking knew it I fucking
0: called it He uploaded I himself into cyberspace Like I really every think- single fucking aging uh, <laughs> Creator of robots Always tries Yeah, Here's
1: the thing James Dalos did He screwed up trying to put himself back in the host When you can live in the matrix forever
0: <laughs> you You really want to get your brain Uploaded into that server
1: don't you Obviously <laughs> I'm not even trying to hide that I want to be in the server forever and and listen, I don't want but it to be in a not basic you. server. It's
0: not your soul.
1: No, but it's a version of me that's having a great time. And it's gonna be a version where <laughs> physics doesn't apply. And I can fly you get to and drink I all eat. you want. <laughs> sure. Yeah, and it's it's just gonna be a delight of a time.
0: <laughs> I can't wait until you get kicked out of San Junipero for drinking.
1: <laughs> the one person who finally drank enough virtual booze to put them out of business. And I th- I don't know if it's just because of after last week's episode I was so ready for some more world building there's just like a lot of action and it was really focused on shogun world and just very physical interactions between all of those characters uh, but I loved getting just just so many mind-breaking moments in this there mm-hmm. I I it, it was it's my favorite episode of this season possibly in the series Of course, because it finally gave you the one thing
0: you've always wanted from entertainment, a fantasy reality that you'd love to go into, (laughs) i.e. a fucking matrix. Are you, are you the guy who's constantly like, give me that steak.
1: I know it's just mush. I know it's just pre-processed corpse mush, but I want that fucking steak. Don't try and walk me into being Cyrus. I'm not Cyrus. (laughs) (laughs) You're
0: Cypher. You're totally Cypher. You are one. First of all, Neo wasn't even the one. (laughs) No, uh, that that was my favorite part of those fucking stupid sequels where they're like, oh, uh, no, Neo isn't the one. It's just this rando kid. <laughs> um,
1: so I think that season two,
0: episode yeah, six, that is the episode
1: phase space. Um, this has been uh, a wonderful episode. Next week, mm-hmm. I'll be back in my full studio. I'll be much shorter. Uh, and Ivan will be able to deal <laughs> with me uh, on reasonable terms. Thank God, I, I, I. I just, the, these hand movements are too aggressive. <laughs> I can't stand it. Um, thank you guys so much. The only reason we make the effort to do this on the road and not record later mm-hmm. is because you support us. Patreon.com slash Borsgore Swords. If you want to throw us some money, there is links in the show notes. Show notes. Uh, we're going to do some more bonus episodes. We're already doing the A Song of Ice and Fire episodes. We're doing one every other week. Uh, and th- those have been a lot of fun. We also have our, uh, the latest Avengers which is called Infinity Wars, the final Marvel movie ever made. Yes, uh, and it was a lot of plural, fun talking about that. and
0: it's not final. It's not plural, and it's not
1: final. Well, it should be plural, first off, because there's a lot of wars <laughs> in that movie.
0: <laughs> it's just one singular war happening at one time.
1: Fine, Infinity Battles. Get over it. Thank you. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at Swords. You can find Ivan on Twitter at Ivan underscore Hernandez. And you can find Red on Twitter at Red underscore Scott. Bye. See ya.